It's Craggy Island Rugby. The Cardiff trip. Outside William's house. We're just starting the show. <laughs> William, welcome along. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Rob. 13, uh, just around 13 hours to kick off. I'm a little late. That, that's fast. We're, we're, about, we're about 15 minutes behind schedule. Yeah, I'm sure we'll make it up okay. I think so. It's half six in the morning, as I said. And the show begins. Can Connick make it nine in a row? What do you reckon, William? Straight off the top. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, we're here in Cardiff. I don't know how many hours later, but nice, simple flight over. We suspect it mightn't be on the way back. We've just done our intro for Galway Bay FM, William, and all we were hearing was traffic reports of chaos in Galway as the wind comes in. So we're expecting possible delays tomorrow, but let's not worry about that right now. No, absolutely not. Uh, tomorrow will take care of itself. Uh, hopefully this evening something good is going to happen here for Connick. We're just on the edge of this uh, rather unusual 4G pitch, uh, which really does look like uh, the sort of grass that a cousin of mine in Wales actually has in their garden. It's artificial. It's like a doormat. It feels quite rough. We've spoken to one of the Cardiff backroom team and they've said that it uh, has bedded in now, that it was rock hard when it first came. and mm. uh, You can get the odd burn off it. Um, but it really, it really does look quite odd close up. It certainly is nothing like the wonderful substance we play on at the sports ground, which is real grass. This blue around the edge, like it makes it easier for the touch just to see if that ball... Like, it's a very, actually, thin whitewash, if you like. Uh, normally it would be much wider, but they don't need it. Uh, I don't know. Does that help them? Uh, it's weird, isn't it? Some of the some of the touch judges need as much help as they can get. Uh, we got two Welsh Sorry, ones here assistant referees. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever we want to call them. Anyways, Connacht team in good spirits. Met a few of them in the lifts. Everyone's up for it. And a big thanks to Kieran McDonald as well, who uh, waited for an hour and picked us up in the airport and drove us into town. Absolutely did. It was great. And uh, saved us coming in on the very odd bus that the Cardiff Airport people use. It's a very strange little airport. <laughs> Quite a weird place, actually. Okay, uh, at 6am this morning, and we're coming up to 6pm this evening. At 6am this morning, I asked you, are going to win? You said, yes. How do you feel right now? Yeah, I, 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 I don't see why not. I think when you come in with your top of the league, you've won uh, eight games out of nine. Uh, they have won one game out of nine. And you just, that's the stat you have to go for. They have had some tight defeats. Scored a lot of tries, got some decent players tonight, but they still. Look, you take the belief. Pat Lamb is walking in, the players have walked in, everyone's getting ready for the warm ups. Kick off is about an hour away. And Slade are playing on the PA. What more could you want? William. We just finished the commentary. We'll sit down here for a second. That's, it's disappointing to see that first defeat, especially when you had chance in the 22 right at the end there. Probably should have been a try. Yeah, they're going to be very disappointed how the lack of a clinical finish a couple of times in the first half and on that last attacking play of the game, uh, it got away at the, the, the base of the uh, rolling mall. It's a disappointing end. The, wor- the, the, the worry again is the injuries, which are now becoming almost... Uh, they've reached the level of farce, really. I mean, it, players coming off with what look quite serious injuries. 
Um, I'm not really sure Cardiff deserved that. I don't think they, they played that well. They got very nervous at the end. And we just needed the opportunity to get in there. They got the bonus point. That's important that you, you get something out of the game. But The thing is, on the balance of play, though, Connacht, because of the injuries, just didn't... If you were oblivious to the injuries, you would probably look at the fact that the Blues had control in the bad second half. Connacht didn't offer enough until the end. But they, could, they had enough chances at the end. Well, they had the chance at the end. I mean, Kieran Marmion came on at half-time. Now, I don't know whether that was a tactical substitution or an injury substitution for Ian Porter. He lasted 60 seconds, got a bang on the head, had to go off. He, uh, Matt Healy went in at scrum half, did his best, but we lost him out wide, so the attacking threat was nullified. Reese Patchell went to out half, and that seemed to settle Cardiff down a little bit. But if you stay in a game and you get a chance like that at the right at the end that's those are the chances you have to take and they will be Connick will be angry with themselves for not uh, having the ability to, to close that out Alan's been sending me some stat, stats he's been picking up uh, in this game I'll just give you some of them Connick beat 26 defenders <clears throat> to 7 from Cardiff that could have increased towards the end as well I think that's not the final count but they made 469 metres with ball in hand to 322 for Cardiff which is a pretty incredible differential yeah the, 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 the stats would indicate that the, the Connacht were um, Probably. <laughs> your call is right they left it behind them right? I, I, think they, I think they did even allowing for the completely disjointed nature of how the game finished up um the, the other thing was they had real speed when they did it. Cardiff were very ponderous, very narrow. They look like a side that has only won one match this season. And yeah, Connacht Conn- are going to be an- annoyed about that. But look, that, that sport, you don't, you don't always get the result you want. You should lose the top spot in the league over the weekend, you'd imagine. Not necessarily the key to this. The key to this is the long-term season. They've picked up a bonus point, as you said. What worries us, though, is... You know who's going to be left for the Ulster game? We're not worried about the Newcastle games, really, because you just have to throw your hat at that and see what—not throw your hat at it. You put the team out and you give it everything, but you accept that. You know you're going to have to make 12 changes, I'd say, next week. Um, God knows where they're going to find this team. I don't know where. Galwegians don't have a game next week. <laughs> and I don't. I, I, I dread to think who'll be playing for the in the in the BNI Cup because they they just he's look they'll reassess on uh, Monday. They look at the ever-growing injury list. I think the European competition is almost, you put a line through it. I, I can't see how you can compete in that and deal with two interprovincial games followed by Senecli. Circumstances are, being the reason you put a line through it. If things are ticking along nicely, you'd have a good, strong base to go at it with, some, with a lot of changes and have a real go. Uh, absolutely. And they will have a go, whatever no, they, gets Of, out of course they'll have a go. And I mean... Uh, the players that are selected will, will take their opportunity and fight like hell but Ali Muldowney immense performance again that's twice he, he can't play next week he, he needs to go and rest he needs to go and go, go, for, go for a two day sleep I'd say I mean he was he was involved in everything tonight um, it, it, look it's, it's tough but it, it you, you can be accused of making excuses for teams uh, but this injury list is is just immense. And when you consider how we uh, we came out of Russia with no injuries, and that was a place I think they were worried about the injuries because of the, the climatic conditions. Uh, really, since the second half of Breve, it's just been one player after another. Owen McKeown has, seems to have damaged his hand quite badly. 
Uh, he was going off holding it with, with, with the doctor. Uh, Bundyaki at the end there looks in a very serious. That could ease out over the weekend, but it's a big job. Uh, he's going to need all the squad, and it's... Um, well, we knew there were 16 games in a row. We've had nine of them. Uh, we were probably halfway up Everest. After tonight, we probably haven't got a lot further. Here are the post-game thoughts of Cardiff coach Danny Wilson. at home you know I mean it's a home game we've talked about improving our home record it's only our third home game of the season I think people forget that third home league game sorry of the season and we've had now two wins at home and, and a loss and, and lost to Glasgow so we've talked about that building that home uh, record and knowing that if we're ever going to give ourselves a chance whether it's this season next season the season after to get where we want to be you've got to be winning at home and um, that was done tonight and and uh, Given us hopefully a bit of a springboard to build some confidence from. What elements of your game did you improve then? Well, I think you saw, although uh, it's, it's the best attack in the league, but I think you saw for long periods of that game we defended really well. We defended with real line speed. Every time they, well, not every time, but a lot of times they went out the back to try and get around us, we managed to cut that off. Yes, we got caught once or twice with that type of defence. You're going to get caught once or twice, but we scrambled and recovered quite well. So. You know, we've only conceded um, 16 points uh, against, like I said, one of the best def- the, the best defence uh, attack in the league at the moment, and and that's got to be a pleasing pleasing factor. And credit to our, our, our defence coaches, Graham Stedman and Richard Hodges for that. That is, you know, we've seen from the Ospreys into today, it's a massive step in the right direction. I thought, you know, we, um, we had a pretty solid platform for the majority of the game. Maybe a couple of scrums late on that. That cost us and a couple of line outs in, in key moments that cost us but other than that I thought we provided a pretty good platform and from a forward pack and, and, and we worked extremely hard We're at the Clayton Hotel in Cardiff here it's post game podcast and I'm delighted to say Lindy McKenzie's with us again thanks Lindy You're welcome It's good to have you along So it's filed off for all the reports and uh, no longer too busy William how are you? Not bad pretty tired Yeah it's been a long day How's has. Listeners of this podcast know I picked you up at around half six in the morning. I think, Lindy, you started earlier. Oh, I started at half one, actually, in the morning. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Travelling to Dublin for a six o'clock flight to Bristol. Oh, nice. You know, all our, journey, all, we, all our journeys are straightforward, that's for sure. Lindy had a tough one. Uh, let, let's start this podcast by going through our European squad to see who's available. Obviously, you're well aware Connacht have lost. You've heard the bits of audio. Ni Adiolokan, he's there. Rodney Ayu, likely to play, I reckon. Aki needs a rest. Yeah. No, I I absolutely needs a rest. Cannot, in my view, play the next two games. Finley Beelham, he can start a couple of games. Yeah, he can. Uh, and look good today when he came off the bench. Caelan Blade, he's definitely going to be needed now. It looks like Marmion's going to be out with a head injury. Uh, he might be the only scrum half standing. Yeah, Porter's gone as well, of course. Yeah, well, if he, well, if he's if he's gone off with a concussion, which is what we've heard, yes. Connor Lowndes' name isn't on this uh, list, but they might need to get see can they get dispensation to get him in. He's part of the Eagle squad and going well with Gorwegians. Let me keep going. Andrew Brown is he still injured? Yes. Okay. So you know, maybe not. Dennis Buckley, like he's definitely out. Fionn Carr, we think he's still on the injured list. Jack Carty, we think he's obviously fit, but he took a big knock towards Fionn, the end. Fionn could be back in Donny Pullman because they were they were both. Sort of like I think recovering and then have had slight issues, so they might they might be yeah. all right. James Conley is fit and flying and making tackles in the last minute of the game, in the first minute of the game. Fair play to him, and God, did we need him to set up with Fox Matamu out for the season? Yeah, but 
you need him for Ulster. So you need to rest him. Yeah, I, well, he's a young player. You can't just expect him to play and play. Shane Delahunt. I don't know. I think he was rested. He wasn't listed on the injured player, so he'll be back so they can rotate and hook her. So that's something. Alton Delan, he's gone for a couple more weeks. Fox Manamura gone for the season. Harris Wright back and fit. Good to see him back. Yep. Um... We're almost into last man standing. Whoever yeah. whoever can stand up on Monday I'm morning. I'm at the H's. Hang, stick with me here. Matt Healy, uh, he's, he's fit. He's, he's fit. now our scrum half. Yeah, scrum half, winger and wherever, man for all seasons. Matt, please report to a different set of uh, training regimes this week. Uh, Dave Heffernan, good performance. I think he nearly lasted almost all the game. Yeah. He seemed okay. Didn't uh, carry any knocks off. Robbie Henshaw gone for six weeks, as we know. Tara Leader back and, and getting some action. Ronan Lockney went off with a bit of a knock, but we talked him after it sound, sounded fine. I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah, I, th- I think Brennan will be grand. Uh, Ash McGinty gone. That was disappointing as well last week, leg injury. That actually operation as well. We could miss him for more than four or five weeks. Yeah, it could. It could be a little bit. It's it's that's tough on young Jack Carty. Yeah, absolutely, more pressure on Jack. Yeah, especially as Craig Ronaldson went off this evening with a head injury, because I would have assumed that Ronaldson would have been the starting out half in at least one of the games against Newcastle. Okay, moving on. Um, where are we now? Oh, Marmion, Kieran Marmion gone, head injury, probably three weeks. Might be back for Ulster. Well, I suppose he has to undergo the pro- return to play protocols. I think there were a couple who came back within a week. Yeah, it depends on what they decide. It depends. Yeah. Not straight, straight. We, can't, we can't comment on that for sure. Owen Masterson is gone. We know that. Ben Marshall, is he fish? I think he's fish. I think wasn't it a stand? Oh, he had a tum injury. Okay. Throw him on the heap. <laughs> Hope you're better soon, Ben. Uh, Tom McCartney. Yeah, that was disappointing. We found out last week he's going to be out for a little while, isn't he? We don't know. We're not sure. I'm pretty sure he's listed. He is listed on the injury list. Uh, I'm catching people on the spot here. Moving on. Uh, John Muldoon. Uh, well, he was. he's fit. Well, he's only, he's only played 258 games for Connacht, so come on, John, get out there and get at it. He's like the Ever Really Bunny, isn't he? Yeah. He just keeps going on and on and yeah. on. John, I, I can't believe I brought John Muldoon up in an injury checklist. Come on. No need. Ali Muldowney. Uh, well, he could keep going like John Muldoon, but you reckon he needs... Uh, no. Look, look, look! Europe is Europe's going to, has going to have to go, going to have to go on the back burner. You've got Ulster, Leinster, Slanekli. That's what the focus, in my view, is. No, we have to field a team, though, and I'm not sure we have one yet. Well, I, and I also think, as I think, what Pat and I mentioned is that our home record is extremely, extremely yeah. important, and and next week is an important in the sense of preserving that home record, not just for Connacht but for its fans and for the whole organisation. Okay, we're nearly there. Uh, Sean O'Brien, fine. fine. Off the bench, looking good. Colin O'Donnell, he's going well, looks fish, came on, won a penalty in that scrum. Yep, absolutely. When they started contesting the scrums. Young man, born in 1996. Just think about that, folks. 1996. Most of the listeners of this podcast can remember 1996 very, very well. I know I can. Tiernan O'Halloran, uh, looking good, looking sharp. Another man who could need a rest, though, even though he had a break from Siberia. He definitely played a home game against Newcastle, I'd imagine. Well, that'll probably be the targeted game, but they'll know on Monday when they line these guys up. We're, we're conjecturing. Well, I think, hey, I think, I think Ternan is, is absolutely necessary now to that back line because he, today, he was probably one of the few players of experience that was left playing. Yeah, made a, a brilliant try saving uh, read just when they were caught out and he got across the pitch, slid down. Oh, the ball was knocked on, but God, they were going to score if he didn't do that. And they wouldn't have got a bonus point if they had scored there. Rory Parata just looks better every time he comes off. I'm just more more impressed every time he comes off the bench and every time he starts. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good young lad. 
and he's gaining experience every day. Danny Pullman, he has uh, said, might be back. Ian Porter mightn't be back because he went off at half time. Danny Qualter, we think, is available. We're not 100% sure. Peter Robb off the bench, looks sharp. Craig Robinson, gone. Quinn Rue, definitely gone. Looks like a really serious injury. Yeah, that, that looks quite serious. When I mean, your player's taken off on a stretcher, um, it's a problem he has, I think, with his, his leg gets caught, whether, whether it was the pitch this evening. He looked very concerned the minute he went down. He had his hands on his head. And I think it was distress more than anything else. I think he just thought, here I go again, because he's had a lot of injuries and he's worked very hard to come back from them. And that leaves us with the W's, Nathan White. I reckon rested probably to do with our few protocols around resting from World Cup players because he wasn't injured, so I'd expect him to start the home game. And that's not enough players for Pat Lamb to pick a team that won't have a few guys on the bench that in ideal circumstances he would have preferred to give a rest to or you know, you know, or maybe you know, carrying Knox he's going to have to just cover because unless he can add players to that squad I mean it is reaching crisis point if you, if, if you think about the amount of injuries we have at the moment I suppose we really do have to wait until all these players are assessed particularly the players with the concussion protocol um, see who's coming back whether Danny, Pull, Danny Pullman's going to be fit um, Fionn Carr and probably he'll have to reassess things on on Monday I would say that the, the return of someone like Danny Pullman and possibly Nihi would be quite vital and you've still got Matt Healy there so um, I think you'd be able to you know you'd be able to flesh, flush out a, a backline of some capability The other one probably that we're all wondering about a bit is Jake Heenan I don't know when He's but not in the European squad anyways, which tells you that they didn't expect him back in the first... No, he was due back, I think, in sometime in, in December. So I would say I would say not. And no one, no one in, in Connor Rugby wants to see Jay Keenan rush back either. Uh, so he's back would be the best case scenario. And I would imagine we probably won't see him until January. They'll probably ease him into a couple of Eagles games if they can over Christmas. Lads, OK, so that's it. It was worth going through the whole squad because he just gives you a picture. Phenomenal amount of injuries. Uh, how much does that... How much is uh, that has to really cover the, the Christmas music? Is just I just need to mention it because it's coming through on my earphones here so clearly. Yes, is that Christmas music. Well, it's very slow Christmas. Well, music. it was to start with. We seem to have well, it's it's awful. Whatever it is, horrendous. There's a few Connick fans in the bar over across from me as well. So hello to them if they listen to the podcast. I haven't really got over to them. Anyways, oh, we got some questions from fans come up a little bit later. We got post game audio. We will go to that now. Let's go to that. I talked to Pat Lamb. And I talked to Roland Lockley as well. You guys got to talk to him in the press conference last week. I didn't, so it was good to have a chat with Roland because I haven't chatted with him for a while. And he's a, he was in relatively, you know, positive mood, understandably. He just took, took all the things into consideration and accepted that it was a tough battle. Here's Roland Lockley, and then we'll listen to Pat Lamb. Roland, uh, that's probably a really disappointing game to lose because there was a lot of moments in the game where Connick looked well on top, especially the way they reacted to the early trial. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we regrouped there after that first try and we said, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, just to get back into our system and back into our process and, and uh, that the, the scores would come and, and I suppose it looked like that was what was happening, you know, until uh, I, I just think we didn't probably build up enough of a lead there in that first half and uh, the wind was quite strong and in fairness to Cardiff, they held onto the ball well in the, in the first half and, and uh, played in that wind well, so... Um, yeah, disappointed from our point of view. You know, 
we were expected to win that game and we, that's the kind of healthy pressure we want on ourselves is, is to win games like that and it's, it's disappointing from that point of view but uh, I think there was a lot of good stuff um, as I said there was um, a lot of changes in position and stuff and guys playing out of position and uh, we kind of reacted pretty well I thought you know at the end of the game they were still still in and still had a chance to win but uh, yeah just disappointed we didn't get over the line and get the win Strange game to have so many line breaks and you know so many defenders beaten but then so many errors as well it was yeah. a real mixed bag wasn't it yeah well like I said <clears throat> I think we went away from our shape a little bit and obviously not helped by people playing out of position I think Matt, Maddie was in at scrum half there there's a couple of the younger guys being pushed around in different positions there but uh, you know I think so far this season we've prided ourselves on, on the fact that um, anybody can come in and do a job and uh, you know maybe maybe we let ourselves down a little bit on that tonight but still some really positive stuff there it's just uh, uh, I suppose <clears throat> just to, to keep sticking to our shape and structures and stuff and that's what's been do- doing well for us so go back to that for next week What's it like to scrummage on that 4G pitch? Um not ideal. Uh, it's it's uh, it actually holds the stud well, but uh, when when you try to I suppose kind of sink and surge and, and go for it, it, it doesn't feel like it has the same kind of traction as a normal pitch. But uh, in saying that, I think the scrums, the majority of the scrums, stayed up tonight. So I think uh, both teams are in the same boat. You know, obviously with, with it was, that. It was weird because it's like the first 50, 60 minutes. It was barely a budge either way. And it, yeah. it, why why did it start to move after what? Was it a change in personnel, or did you start to figure uh, out ways to get an edge? Like? Yeah, yeah, I won't. Um, I, I suppose we had our own ideas of what was going on but uh, we were just trying to, to do our own thing and, and focus on our own shape there um, and I thought uh, the lads that came on at the end did really well Conan and Finley um, Conan's been doing really well any opportunity he's got but uh, they turned over that scrum at the end there which gave us a great opportunity uh, unfortunately we didn't com- couldn't convert it but uh, yeah it's, it's, it's tricky it's, it's a challenge but we've, <coughs> we've Newcastle in two weeks time on their 4G pitch so I suppose it's, it's a good run out for us to get a, a taste of it there you know, we'll know what to expect when we go over to Newcastle. Just interesting to know at the end, did you find it hard to get regroup after all the injuries? You know, when Marmy went off, did you find it really hard to kind of, did you have to have discussions about what you were trying to do? Yeah, I think obviously um, when you're playing into that wind, you know, shape shape, and, and your structure is, is what you go back to. And we have uh, really good shape and structure to deal with that kind of wind because we're well used to it at home. But um, as, you, as you said, you know, there's a number of changes and, and people in different positions. And uh, it probably, it obviously didn't help, but... Uh, you know, as I said, we pride ourselves on anybody being able to come in and do a job. So we tried to stick to it, but uh, just probably fell out of it a little bit. Uh, fell a little bit loose on, on occasion. You know, whoever's out against Newcastle, you're going to give it Everton next Friday night. Yeah, as I said as well, the cup rugby is massive for us. You know, and, and we, we have our sights set high in the cup. And uh, this this next game against Newcastle is a massive one. We have our home record to protect. So um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good one. Pat, first of all. Just on, on the kind of accumulation, if someone had given you five points from those two games, everybody from Connacht would have taken that. So that's a starting point. But the injury's got to be their biggest worry. Yeah, it is. I mean, we came into this game with 16 guys out and it looks like, you know, we've had some pretty uh, bad ones here today. It's still early days, but, you know, Quinn Rue doesn't look great. I'm on, you know, possible broken bone there. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Owen McKeown's uh, elbow. Uh, to losing Kieran Mami and, and Craig Ronaldson, Craig Early, which was a, was a HIA failed that test, and Kieran, and uh, that was a big, you know, Ian Porter's ankle as well. Um, so you know, yeah, John Cooney is a bit concerned. John Cooney, Porter, and uh, Mami, um, but you know, um, so we'll just have to reassess. And uh, but we'll say um, I'm mighty proud of uh, you know the, when you had to readjust, and uh, I don't think many teams could you know handle a. a, a um, 
an adjustment like that and still be in a chance to win the game and we had some chances there but ultimately we, we put ourselves in a bit of a dogfight you know we had the chances and we didn't and we didn't nail it yeah so we just like something like 469 meters of ball and hand gains for Connacht during the game and there was lots of others 26 major uh, tackles beaten yeah. but you know the negative side of things is the amount of errors the amount of handling errors yeah. the stats on that are going to be pretty harsh yeah it? it is I mean just just being clinical and being able to finish finish it off mm. um, so is that tiredness from what they've gone through in the last week well you know the, you know I think it's uh, you know a bit of pressure to Carter, but you know there's been um, you know, certainly uh, takes its toll game after game. But um, I think uh, you know the, they, they rushed up on us, and we had um, we, you know, we had chances to finish, but we didn't. So um, yeah, at the end there we could have we could have snuck it away when I think when Bundy made the break, and mm. um, I think uh, Alex Cuffett uh, you know flew up and we stepped inside, but we lost the ball. And then we had a chance, certainly the, the, the game-breaking moment, to the opportunity, the best opportunity we had was that more just before um, the end, and, um, and we turned the ball over. So that was probably the, uh, the story. You have to look at Newcastle now with a hell of a lot of injuries. Yeah, it is. It's tough because you only got uh, so many registered players and, um, you know, we've got a, that, that injury toll is mounting up. And uh, so, um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be um, uh, an interesting week on Monday and see who's, who's left standing. Do you feel the players are going to be pragmatic about the things that went against them here, or are they just really disappointed to lose that lose uh, that winning streak? Like? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we are, we are. I think, uh, but you know, it's, we we missed the outcome, but we just go about the process. We talked about in the change room, you know. So I'm proud that we dug in there and uh, under the circumstances of the injuries. But you know, we'll, we'll go through and look at what we did well, and there's some good things we did, but certainly the areas we can improve, and, and we all know what they are. Welcome back. That was uh, post-game audio from uh, the press conferences. Uh, Pat didn't seem too disappointed, even though, he, well, actually, I don't know if that's fair, but he was kind of just accepting the reality. He wasn't having anything to do with questions about uh, referees, that's for sure. No, he was very pragmatic, really, about it. He said, you know, Connor did have opportunities to score. They didn't take them. Um, were not helped, obviously, by the, by the total reshuffle of the backline, which obviously did upset the shape and the structure at, at certain times. And if you if you look at who had to come into that back line, really you were only looking at one player, Turner O'Holloran, who's actually experienced. Obviously Matt Healy is, but you know, he was going back to his school days, I think, of playing scrum half. And you've got, you know, young Rory Parata and Peter Robb who was actually making his first Pro Twelve appearance and I thought I thought looked very, very sharp and strong at times, but a very, very inexperienced backline. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no disputing that, William. But have we lost to a team that we should have beaten? Or was it the game we should have won? Or is it really frustrating that... Did, are Cardiff any good? Um, you you've asked me three much. questions there. Uh, the bottom line is, I think we probably should have won that game, even allowing for everything that happened. They were very nervous, and they kept making error after error. And in the last six six or seven minutes, they made a couple of very serious ones. We nearly capitalised on them. We had chances in the first half. They're a side that hasn't got much confidence. They'll get a little bit from tonight, but I still think there's big holes in their operation. Yeah, I mean, two wins from uh, the season says it all. Connick could probably lose top spot unless the Scarlet slip up at the weekend. I'm not sure that's that's not a massive issue it's all about getting to Ulster with a team that can really challenge them and I suppose as well in the not dismissing Europe I, I, the key point there is keep that home record going which is really important to all these teams oh, I think the home record is essential and Pat Lamb has always identified home and the, and the team are very proud of home and you know you can't look you're there's two there's two opinions about Europe isn't there really and you know I think there's an opinion that you know Europe isn't 
is, is just not a priority when it comes to to um, the Pro 12 and qualifying for the Champions Cup. But at the same time, it is a competition and it's a European-wide competition and kind of do have to go out and perform in it because there'll always be people, if they don't perform, it's it's a showcase, mm. you know, and all the good work that's been done in the past, all the positivity that came from uh, Russia and came from the first uh, the, the, the win over Breve, you know, you have to go out there and take it seriously. Um, not saying it's the top priority, but at the same time, you do have to take it seriously. You, 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 it's, it's a competition, and Connacht have to go out there, and they have to put their heads up high, and they have to they have to play the best they can. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think the away game to Newcastle will be a real challenge on on uh, playing squad depth. Um, in the ideal world, you'd play six, win six, get a home quarter-final, and if you won that, a home semi. But, look, if he finishes up with an away quarter-final in April, it'll be parked, and then you just move on. You, you can't worry about what's going to happen that far down the season. So, so like, on the season so far, Lindley, the only two teams to beat us beat us by one score. I think both coaches admitted to being relieved afterwards in both circumstances. That was certainly the reaction of the Cardiff coach. We're relieved and we're delighted to have beaten the league either. So, you know, obviously he's going to play up the positives anyways and he's going to play on that. But at the same time, really hard to beat. And there's no shame in losing that, that game today. No, there's no shame in losing it. But I have to say, it was a winnable match. I so mean, you're frustrated? I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm, I, you know, yes, there were injuries, but I'm disappointed that there didn't seem to me as much clinical finishing as what we've come to expect, and possibly as well. Let's face it, we're all riding a little bit of a high at the moment, mm-hmm. and we're all we're all going there, you know, very confident. He was a team that was on a roll and facing a team that had seven losses in a row. We had seven wins in a row, and. But, but look at the team they had out. I think 13 of their 15 starters had international caps. Now, that has to tell you something against a team like us. You know, the experience that they have there, whether they're playing well or whether they're not confident, they've still got, they're still in a very experienced side. And let's face it, they were dual win. And they were never going to be afraid of Connacht. Just look at their record over, over Connacht. So they were going out there, yes, ready to down the league leaders, with no, no fear of Connacht because they never have had, mm-hmm. in the sense that in the sense that their record over Connacht is extremely good, and yes, they might, but they they may have been nervous going into it. But I think as the as the game went on, I think they did they they gained in confidence. Dennis Copley uh, tweeted me to say injuries are going to be tough, uh, no doubt. But a season, as a season ticket holder, I have to say I love the way we were playing. Academy of Boo. And 469 metres gained with ball in hand today. That's an incredible stat compared to something around 300 for uh, Cardiff. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it is. I, I, I'm not sh- I'm not stats. Stats. I mean, I know they analyse. Alan is at home listening. Be careful. Yeah, I know that. And uh, <laughs> look, the the way we try to, to, to play is, is is a little bit high risk. 
I think there's another question on there about should we have kicked in the second half. Yeah, that's been asked for us. I'll grab who asked that, but yeah, go for Well, it. yes, I think we should. I think we needed to be more pragmatic. I think once we got them back into their, their own final third of the pitch, their confidence ebbed away fairly quickly. And they made errors there that you have to capitalise on. But we, we, we played too much rugby at times. It got very muddled. We needed Matt Healy desperately on the wing, but he had to play at scrum half. So that meant that when the ball was getting out to the wings, we, were, we, we spent a lot of time making very little yardage. And there was a couple of times, I think, there was a real opportunity. Yeah, put the ball down. And I know it's not the way they want to play, but you can't always do what you want to do. Yeah, Kevin Burke tweeted at Craigie Pond about that. About the I, mean, I know people, you know, that is a philosophy that, you know, players are, you know, they're training, they step into that position and, and that's fair enough. But I think if you look at that, particularly that last Bundy break, I, it was a superb break, but there was nobody, nobody there ready on a shoulder to take that ball on and I would imagine that if someone like Robbie Henshaw was playing on that match that try would have been scored game over you can't blame the players who came in no you can't Uh, it's a fair point though well that was a world class break by a player who had a really really amazing performance I said it on the live commentary he's a different player this season but he's even a different player in the last couple of weeks he seems to have taken on a level of responsibility uh, and has really blossomed in his own belief in what he's capable of doing. And he came last season after a full season in New Zealand and never looked 100% on it. He certainly is now. And he drove the team forward, drove the team forward last weekend tonight in the second half there he was he was fighting a lone battle in the last 15 minutes he's only here 14 months now so he's, he seems to be settling in and being he's really happy well, I, th- I think that's I think that's part of it you know um, he's he obviously is thoroughly enjoying the environment of playing in Connor rugby and he obviously enjoys that leadership role that he has taken and I mean you know if you look sorry and I and I apologize to Bundy because when I was talking about the backline I was talking about Tony and Tony and O'Halloran I forgot about Bundy being, <laughs> being there <laughs> because he is he is really the leader in yeah. the, in, in, the, in that back line I think he's thoroughly enjoying his rugby and he's obviously enjoying Connor and I think you can't you can't beat those pictures that we saw of him last week when he scored that try you know uh, battering his chest and yeah. and and I think a fantastic photographs and it comes back to this uh, this thing that John Muldoon actually talks about is getting the right people who care about Connett to play for Connett and I think Bundyaki is a, is a, a spectacular acquisition. Thanks also to Poor Kelly who tweeted in and asked us about uh, artificial pitches every one. There's a straightforward answer. No. We lost to Cardiff twice and we lost to Saracens very, very badly. Let's not remember that one. Um, so yeah, that's the only three games we've ever played in artificial pitches. I don't know what to think of them. I don't like those scrums. I asked Ronan Lockney about that and uh, he said that, and I'll say to you, William, because Lindy was listening to it, we were talking about it in the commentary, he said it's very hard to get your foot, you know, get, get that drive and that slide that you want to get on. Well, they look as if they're almost uncontested. And scrum halves can just toddle around to the back of it, wait till the ball comes out. The game changed when, first of all, Connacht and then Cardiff decided to attack the new front rows. 
that brought a whole different aspect to the game and it was totally missing for the first 60 minutes. At Lone and Loch Grey might have beaten Ballinrobe in the 1990 and 91 Junior Cup finals if they didn't have the, if they had artificial pitches but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yes, I brought it up. Stop looking at me like I've just uh, killed the podcast. I haven't. I, had to I, I must have missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Linny, there's a little bit of authenticity to some elements of rugby that seems to be lost when they close the roof of the big stadium here in this lovely city or when, more importantly, when they bring in these 4G pitches. But they are supposedly safer. Saracens have really some statistics to say yes, there are one or two injuries that are cropping up that didn't crop up before, but overall there are less injuries. That's what they claim. Yeah, Lenny is untapped, but we were talking about it on Twitter. Well, we okay, fair enough. None of us. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I suppose we're spoiled a bit because we play on a phenomenal pitch at the sports ground, uh, and even tonight, with all the rain. I'll guarantee you there would have been no puddles, no 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 mess. You'd have been able to play. You probably wouldn't have been able to play in the wind. Um, but the point about that pitch there is it is used quite a lot. I saw some schools rugby during the week on, on S4C. Uh, there were two or three games played there earlier on this week. So it's that's why it's it's evolved. But I'm not sure about it. I don't like the bounce either. I think some of the bounces that you get are really odd. The ball almost bounces like a tennis ball. It, it cost Reese Patchell badly in the first half because Connick yeah. got a good. Fun. I think Connick ended up getting a try almost indirectly. From that. Yeah, and the thing is, he plays on it all the time. Yeah, I know. And he but, looked, he but, looked when, but when he goes to Senecli, he won't have to worry about that. Yeah, it wasn't really the bounce. It was turning on turn Lauren's defence. Yeah, well, he got up quick and he put some serious pressure on him. Uh, other questions really quickly. Chris Tygden, yeah, are the physios under pressure? They sure are. We, we met uh, Ginger afterwards, the doctor, and uh, God, he was tired. Uh, he looked a tired man. <laughs> Well, I said on the comedy, he was the busiest man on the pitch. He was running on and off. He looked absolutely exhausted. He was just standing in the medical room. A um, lot, lot of stuff to deal with in the last couple of games. I think he did the game, I think he was in Limerick, so he's had two pops of it. Is there any, would anyone ever wonder, you know, Declan King is asking, neither of you can answer this seriously, but in a broad sense, just take the question on anyways. Is there a deeper problem with these injuries? Is there something maybe that we'll discover in the future that maybe I don't know. Well, none of us are in a position to answer. But the, you know, when you, when one team gets more injuries than another, do you wonder sometimes? Possibly looking at the size of the squad, yeah. which means that when you have the smallest squad, you obviously use your players a lot more often. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think it maybe just becomes. It's probably cyclical. You probably find at the end of the season it evens out. Um, we're in a particularly bad run at the moment. Ulster have a lot of injuries at the moment, uh, but they have more players to pick from, as, as Lindley's just said. Um, I think sports medicine evolves all the time. How you treat the injuries, how you get players prepared. Rugby is an immensely physical game. And despite the fact that players are maybe a little bit uh, smaller than they were a couple of years ago, because they have weighted them down and they've come down, that means they're just moving faster. So the collisions, when they happen, mightn't be the same poundage, but they're moving quicker. Lenny, we haven't talked about the referee. Reverse penalty costs Connacht really, really dearly. And add to that a possible try on the line that was disallowed for a knock-on. Jack Carty's tackle, which is something we're seeing a lot of now. If you don't have a clear arm in a tackle, it's not a penalty. I said in the commentary, I thought it was a bad call. I looked at the review. Uh, by the third replay I looked at, I actually started to agree with the decision because his arm never came up. But Connacht did seem to get the short straw... But they have plenty of chances to win it, innit? 
I think I'll plead like Pet Lamb and not comment on referees. I'll comment. I think Andrew Brace could do better, but I mean, he costs um, his game. It was only a sixth competitive game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the Jack Cardi one. I, I, no, I don't I, What I would Andrew like to I, see is that they would show the decision at least once at full speed. Keep this slow motion stuff. It's very easy to do. Just say, right, we're now going to show it at full speed. Like Bundyaki's high tackle last week. Yeah. Some Munster fans called for it. If they, if they know rugby, they wouldn't have called for it because it wasn't a high tackle. It wasn't a high tackle. Yeah. The, the one over the line, they'll be disappointed they didn't score that. But they didn't have a scrum half to drive that uh, mall forward with them. I mean, they had Matt Healy. And I mean, Cardiff looked in from the side there. They did, they did. The other one, the one I can't understand is the reverse penalty. I don't know why it was reversed. See, we can't be certain that something wasn't said. or. Yeah, but he seemed to miss the fact that, was it Dave Heffernan? Yeah. Was smashed down off the ball when he was, he'd already awarded the penalty to Conan and some Cardiff player. Now, again, look, these incidents happen and Dave Heffernan just got up and got on with it. He didn't make anything of it. But... The linesman got involved. Gethin Jenkins was over very quickly to talk to the referee. Penalties reversed. We we don't know why. Look, swings and roundabouts. I, I'm not I'm not going to really complain. It's just one of those. It's just one of those nights. We had the chances in the first half. We didn't take them. We had a chance right at the end. It didn't work out. Final thoughts uh, from me, Lindy. Great article this week. Really enjoyed uh, chatting with John Muldoon. Well done on that. Um, just an example of. You can follow a guy like myself and yourself do and follow a team, the same team, over and over again as we do when it comes to our rugby journalism. Um, but even after all these years, a sit-down interview can reveal so much about someone you think you know. But it wasn't so much a sit-down interview, it was a two-hour chat. <laughs> it was a chat. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, was, it was a great chat and um, it was a very informal chat as well. And it's, it's fascinating to... When you look at John Muldoon with his 200th Pro 12 start today, appearance today, and you see this captain and you see this inspirational person who's strong and dedicated to the cause, that you have to realise when you do those interviews that underneath it all there is a human being and a man there who is just as vulnerable and just as insecure as a lot of us. And I think that's what really came through doing the interview, is that John Muldoon has been around for like 14 years wearing a Connacht jersey and we tend to think of him or take him for granted as this strong leader uh, for Connacht but it wasn't always like that and he had a few bumps on the way and quite a few bumps and you know fair play to him he that that dedication that resolve has has been rewarded and I was fascinated by his by his insights by his complete honesty at the times that he did have low periods at the times when he did think that he was going to leave Connacht and that he was that he was very honest about it, and also um, his respect for other players, and particularly Michael Swift, which is one reason. Enough, yeah, someone enough. was mentioning on Twitter that you, you can we ever have a picture of John Muldoon without Michael Swift in it? I think if you look at that picture, you see uh, it, it referred to, to to John Muldoon's admiration for Michael Swift and the two of them sat basically at two corners of the dressing room for eight to ten years and I think they had used to have a little bit of crack and John was always saying that he was coming to chase his record down and the picture showed John standing over Michael Swift on the ground so it was just more a little bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek that John's actually got one over his old mate Swifty and he's, he's, oh, he's overtaken his Pro 12 record. 
Oh, well, that's true. But he doesn't know, hasn't overtaken his overall uh, caps record. No, Swifty still leads that one. He does, but I, 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 I it's a come back for Swifty, perhaps. It's a, it's a fair bet that John would probably overtake it at some stage this season. I think, I think I speak for even Michael Swift when I say here's hoping. Uh, well done, John Muldoon, and your 200 cap and got a great reception. And uh, some thank yous, William. People we met on the way. James Connolly's dad big listener to the podcast so a big thank you to him and his lovely wife and James Connolly's auntie as well who all said hello to us and they're all big fans so thanks for listening folks hope you're having a good night in Cardiff wherever you are and moving on thanks again to Kieran because I'm thanking him twice because he gave us a lift from the airport and we had a great out chat on the way in William final thoughts by the way we might have trouble getting home there's some storm called Storm Desmond I don't know how they come up with all these names and they eventually go around in circles but I'm worried it's a bloody stupid idea to start naming them because they, yeah. they now seem to be endless. Storm Cloda last week. I mean, like, yeah. is Irish people are clearly naming them now, but anyways. Um, I think they're following us around, aren't they? Being stuck and delayed in places. Well, you see, I wasn't actually delayed. That was the thing. I got home without a problem and then had to offer moral support by tweeting and emails and stuff to the people who... That really helped, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I mean, it was like... I'm home. I'm very sorry you aren't. Uh, yeah, we'll survive. Don't worry. We'll we'll be back, folks, next Friday night. Yeah, you're, you're saying we'll be back. We'll make it back by Friday. My shop will fall apart if I don't get home at some point. I'm just saying. No, just call it. no, I won't actually. No, actually, it'll probably work very well. Yes, good point. Thanks a lot, Lindy. Thanks very much. Till the next time, Rob. Till the next time, which will be very very soon because we're out every week. Thanks for listening, folks. We're up to 22 in the iTunes charts. We're so popular. And no Alan or Dave this week, and we survived just fine. All right, whiskey, more of it. Thanks, folks.